the Down Below podcast was our last best hope to analyse. A self-contained podcast, who knows how long, located between your ears. A place of discussion and fun for newcomers and veterans alike. A shining download online, all alone on the web. It was the dawn of the third age of podcasting, the year the Introcast Wars came upon us all. This is the story of the Babylon 5 Introcast. The year is 2014. The show, down below. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm Ann. I'm Heidi. I'm Elizabeth. Today, we are once again joined by a previous visitor to Down Below, and you also hear her on the commentaries. Say hello to Malika. Hey, Malika. Hey, Malika. Thank you. Hey. Glad to have you back. Good to be back. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> been enjoying Babylon 5, I hope. Absolutely. Actually, I'm really excited to be on this. Um, I didn't know it because I'm a newbie, but I'm really excited because um, Kosh was like a big part of this episode. I was like, oh my God, I could not have asked for a better one. <laughs> no, he was downright chatty this episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. What's up with that? But um, just as cryptic. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> says a lot without saying much at all. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was thinking, should I just quote this entire scene? But, but it doesn't really make any sense, so it doesn't really, <laughs> really talk about it. Okay. <laughs> well, today we are here to discuss episode 13 of season 2, Hunter Prey. But first, here's an ISN special report. This is an ISN special report. A security force was recently dispatched to Babylon 5 for reasons unknown. The leader of the investigation, Agent Derek Cranston, and Babylon 5 Station Commander John Sheridan declined to comment. We'll keep you informed as we learn more about this investigation. Also, there have been more sightings of the elusive Vorlon Ambassador Kosh recently. This reporter actually had a chance to speak to Ambassador Kosh briefly. When asked to comment on his activities, he gave answers that made no sense. What an This has been an ISN special report. Detective Kate Beckett, NYPD. Richard Castle, just NY. I'm Heidi. And I'm John. Where were you between 9 and 10 last night? Recording Castlecast. A podcast for ABC's Castle. We cover all the latest Castle news. And we recap and discuss the latest Castle episode. Then we find out what our listeners have to say. And there are spoilers. I think we're done here. Don't leave town. Hunter Prey originally aired March 1st, 1995. It was directed by... <laughs> In our last episode last week, we um, had... We said that since Intro to Excess, they're bingo, we should have our own. And I was thinking earlier that it should be one square every time Will butchers somebody's name or stumbles <laughs> over somebody's name. 
It was directed by Menachem Benetsky. I'm sure that's not the way you pronounce oh, it. Oh, I'm but... sure it's exactly right. Come on. Yeah, sure. <laughs> he does one more episode of B5, but after that, the only thing he ever did was a TV miniseries called The Perfume Rapist, which I thought was an <laughs> odd title. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Can I rape perfume? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to do, but it apparently can be done. The niche. And this episode was written by JMS. So let's get started with the recap. So this episode takes place around August 2259. And in the beginning, Garibaldi goes to CNC looking for Ivanova and Sheridan. Clarence tells them they're in Bay 13, but nobody goes to Bay 13. Sheridan wanted to go anyway, apparently. And my heart always smiles when Clarence shows up on the screen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He was another chatty one this episode. Yeah. (laughs) I I thought it was a dream, kind of. I thought this was going to be a dream for some reason. I think it was the music, maybe, or I don't know what it was. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it was interesting. It was very unexpected. It's like, I don't know if we've done this kind of opening before i really liked how i think that um you know where they sort of come in from outside into the um con- you know control area i always like that oh yeah that was cool yeah zoom in mm-hmm. down in bay 13 sheridan and ivanova are checking out kasha's ship they don't know much about it they've tried some scans but couldn't really see through the skin she tells him that Kosh has taken it out once or twice since he's gotten there. Uh, you can see patterns changing if you look closely. Sheridan's kind of amazed, thinks they're, the Vorlons are at least a thousand years ahead of them. And he, what did he say? He wishes he could see what was inside or something like that. Yeah, like he would give up a year's salary or if he could find out what's in there. And we yeah, all know so, how important his salary is. Too. Exactly. So, that's saying a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Seriously. <laughs> I think He's this drooling. is where, yeah, this is where like modern CGI would have been helpful, you know, to show us a little bit more. Because <laughs> I was like, it looks like a blurry, like brown thing with shapes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was also just, I like before, I, I know it's early, but it did kind of remind me of, um, Battlestar, with yep. just the way I'm sure we're we'll talk about it, but just the way it kind of moved and whatever. And I was thinking, oh, it might be organic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I said yeah. that, I was like, it's a Cylon, it's a Cylon. <laughs> <laughs> also, Moya from Farscape. Uh, oh, you remember in a previous episode, Dr. Franklin said, yeah, we think some people will say the Vorlons have organic technology. That's ah. right. That was right. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, if you look, uh, uh, wait, no, I've already said that something comes out of the ship and it scans Sheridan, but doesn't seem to have any kind of harmful effect. Ivanova says that that's why they've had to quarantine this area because the last maintenance crew wouldn't come back because they keep having dreams about it. So this makes Sheridan determined to learn more about Kosh and his people. He's going to make it his personal project. <laughs> I thought that Sheridan was going to get abducted again. I was like, oh, here we go. Chip's going to pull him in. <laughs> He's just that it's guy that's right. getting abducted. <laughs> exactly. So Garibaldi finds them and wants to talk privately. And after they leave, we see that Kosh has been there the whole time. Or- sneaky, sneaky Kosh. <laughs> He's everywhere. 
I like it. So how does he sneak you around? Know, for a guy like <laughs> I mean, Maybe for a guy had... like in a big like like exoskeleton kind of thing, he's like a very sneaky guy. Yeah, I think he has camouflage. <laughs> blend <laughs> into the walls. <laughs> he's got a cloak. Yeah, call it. yeah, yeah. An invisibility, invisibility cloak. cloak. Oh, that would be sweet. Although you'd oh still run into him because he takes the whole hallway. <laughs> yeah. Why can't I move through the hall? I can't even get around. I know. And, like, nobody sees him. (laughs) (laughs) It's very stealthy. (laughs) He seems to communicate with the ship, and there is some writing on it in response, and then he leaves. Yeah, like, didn't he nod? Like, so... Yeah. Yeah, the the ship, like, did some writing or something, and then he nodded. Like, the ship was giving him directions or something. That's kind of how I took it, anyway. Apparently, the writing on the Vorlon ship translated to Steve Pugh, which, maybe if I click on this link, it'll tell me who he is. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to do that before. Whoa. Is it? What do you mean it translates? So they have their Vorlon alphabet that they have created? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, translates from what? <laughs> maybe they just had some kind of code. I don't know. Oh, Steve Pugh is a visual effects guy. He's worked on shows like Almost Human, Rain, Community, The Mindy Project. Wow, that's recent. So he must have worked at some level on the uh, special effects for Babylon 5. Right, he was a system engineer on Babylon 5. Interesting. Now I'm going to make theories about this Steve guy. What was his name (laughs) on the Portland ship? (laughs) So Garibaldi says they received a coded alert. It's a fugitive alert for Dr. Everett Jacobs. He was President Clark's personal doctor, and they're saying that he has some information that could shatter Earth Alliance. And I think it's coming to B5. They want him alive, but dead if necessary. And somebody is going to be sent to B5 to oversee the search. And we have the opening credits. And of course, we always love it when... Other people come to Babylon 5. I know. It's <laughs> At this point, always... did you think he'd be related to someone? <laughs> <laughs> no, I figured he was just there to cause trouble. As soon as they said doctor, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. After the opening credits, we see Agent Derek Cranston. He's there speaking to Sheridan, Garibaldi, and Ivanova. Derek Cranston is played by Bernie Casey. He's a um, former track and field athlete. He played in the NFL. Hmm. And he played Felix Leiter in Never Say Never Again. Oh, yeah. That's I. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> I guy. recognized him and I didn't understand why. Now I do. Felix is that Leiter. a Bond that, movie? Um, it's a Bond yeah. movie. Okay. Yeah, Felix Leiter appears in several different Bond movies usually a different actor he's, he's technically the American secret agent <laughs> that's friends yeah. with uh, James Bond apparently oh okay so Cranston says that Dr. Jacobs uses clearance to get information about black projects and covert missions and it's enough to ruin agreements with half the non-aligned worlds and send the government into chaos Cranston thinks that Jacobs is there to meet with his buyers and arrange travel. So Sheridan's going to help and starts issuing orders. And when everybody leaves, Garibaldi and Sheridan are left behind. Garibaldi is suspicious, of course. 
Scarabaldi sense is going off. <laughs> and Sheridan says he's going to go along until he finds a reason not to, and Garibaldi knows where to start looking for information. So did he's, you think? He's, sorry, Will. Go what ahead. Gonna say? I was just going to say, did you think it was going to be who it ended up being, the person he went to speak to? Probably not. <laughs> I didn't, well, I didn't think so. What? I, I figured it would be ask, some... Yeah, I was going to ask, um, sorry, um, whether you thought uh, Cranston actually knew the real reason why... Um, Jacobs was on the run. So those are two questions from all over. <laughs> oh, so you, so you think maybe he just was told something and... Hmm, I didn't think about that. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking, that he's been told just enough to hunt this guy down, but he hasn't been told the full truth of why they want this guy hunted down. What was his yeah, what ranking in the Earth Special Intelligence? Do we know? Like, no. is he, like, the high... Okay, yeah, because I would only think the highest ranking people might even know about it. So in Medbay, Franklin is speaking to Garibaldi. Turns out Franklin knew Dr. Jacobs. He studied under him, and Dr. Jacobs was a role model to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garibaldi reminds him what happened last time he vouched for a doctor. We got infection. <laughs> that was nice. That was a good callback. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then uh, did you see what Franklin was, like, sitting there mixing? Yeah, it was like beakers, and it was like orange, and then it was yellow, and I'm like, "What is he doing? He's a doctor. He's not a chemist." I know, like, I not a to chemist. Just randomly puts things in without measuring them. Like, no, no scientist. He's just like looking at it. <laughs> it's like cooking. Have I mentioned my freshman year chemistry class on here? I know I've talked about it somewhere, but. Uh, my professor, he would do these demos in class, and one time he did just pull out a vial or something and started pouring it in without measuring, even though he was supposed to get like a little dropper, and it just kind of exploded. Oh. <laughs> and, oh <my> <laughs> at one time, he accidentally set himself on fire, and he had to pat it out <laughs> with his arms. Oh my God. We're sitting what? there horrified. Yeah, this was in class. Oh gosh, that's amazing. We're sitting there horrified, but then when he put himself out, you know, we all start clapping. (laughs) Was the rest of your class filled with script writers who they got? (laughs) This is the their idea of my professor. (laughs) That's amazing. I mean, at least it's entertaining, if nothing else. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) It's like if you have to keep like you know teenagers engaged, you may as well just set stuff on fire. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's how you do it. Yeah. Franklin insists that they made a mistake, and Garibaldi says he might not be the same man that Franklin knew. It sounded ominous, but it really went nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) I was expecting him to turn into something different or whatever, but no, he was the same guy that Franklin knew. (laughs) (laughs) Franklin knew him so well, he knew his pocket watch. Yeah. Yeah. I recognize that from across the room. Yeah. (laughs) It's only... Could only be. There's only one. one. It's not like he had a crush on this guy. Go ahead, Malika. Oh, no, I just said it sounded like he had a crush on this guy. Like he was like dreaming Uh. about him. (laughs) 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 That's uh, that's the next fan fiction assignment. (laughs) 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 I'm not going to. There's no takers. (laughs) (laughs) We won't be writing it. uh. (laughs) Dr. Frankums. Franklin and Jacobs. <laughs> There's always figure skating on it. This when we record our episodes, <laughs> on in the background. Sorry. 
Um, <laughs> so random. I moved my recording location, and now there's a TV usually on in the background when we record. So it's like always figure skating on. But anyway, <laughs> next we see Dr. Jacobs in the marketplace shopping or whatever. <laughs> shopping. Yeah, just, you know, try to find some souvenirs. Hey, uh, Dr. Everett Jacobs is played by Tony Steedman. He's a British character actor. He played Socrates in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Wow. <laughs> awesome. The merchant guy played somebody named Reno in Signs of Importance. And he's in Sons of Anarchy, I think. Uh, yeah, so... Um, I recognize the voice of the... Oh, I know. I know. I'm I'm the same way. But um, I was like, oh my gosh, he looks so different because in Sons of Anarchy, he's like bald, he's like older, you know, but he still has like some of the same things. I'm like, oh, I'd love to know if it's him. Will, do you know if it's him? Oh, I'm sorry. There was someone... Never mind. I'm getting mixed up. There was someone in this episode in Sons of Anarchy, but it, it was the lady from later on. Although um, one this... thing I love about this scene is you've got a couple of Narn in the background going clothes shopping. No, oh, I didn't even see this. <laughs> yeah, you know. Thank it's you, close just... to. Yeah, it, yeah, it's really funny. Bathrobes. Yeah. You see one pick pick one up, hold it up against um, the other Narn, he's with, and shake his head and put it back on the rack. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have to watch that again. That's hilarious. Funny. I uh, know this guy wasn't in Sons of Anarchy. Must be somebody. Okay, well, he looks like. Who someone are you else. thinking about? Um, Unser, like not not the guy, the guy, the guy who approaches him and he's like, "Oh no, you're too eager." That guy. Um, in uh, Sons of Anarchy, I thought he was um, Unser, who's like the cop. Oh, okay. No big. All right. Hmm, okay. Um. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Dr. Jacobs is trying to buy an identity card. And yeah, he freaks the merchant out when he says that money isn't an issue. And when the merchant leaves, we see this big, scary guy watching Dr. Jacobs. God, this guy. This guy yeah. was, oh, he was the worst. More on him later. Terrible. <laughs> what yeah. is it with thugs from down below that have got to be atrocious over actors? I don't know. Yeah, it's like you could see him, like, rubbing his fingers together. Yes. You know, it was just like, really, guy? All right. And then later on, when he's on the vid to, um... Oh, What's it, the Sunglasses. Yeah, uh, (laughs) that was ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Like, let's add some camp into our TV series. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, in next we see Sheridan walking through the corridors and he sees Kosh walking away. I guess he wasn't quick enough to get, <laughs> get away in time. <laughs> He's got a stalker, yeah. So Sheridan goes to talk to him and he talks about some conference and Kosh's ship. And he suggested they spend some time together and get to know each other. Oh, please, I hope so. I hope they go He's to the restaurant. A- <laughs> go on a date. Yep, he's totally hitting on Kosh now. He's like batting his eyelashes, like his golden retriever eyelashes. He's like, can you play? Can you play? <laughs> so, do you expect Kosh to go and buy a slinky number then? 
Let's go to buy a new suit. To that suit. Yeah. Show oh my gosh, the visual of that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kosh wants to know why. It's like God, I'm not interested. In you. <laughs> no means no, Sheridan. You're not my type. <laughs> Sheridan brings up the vision from when he was prisoner on the ship a few weeks ago. I'm actually glad he brought that up. Like, you're in yeah. my dream pretending. Yeah. But he was in his <laughs> dreams, but then. <laughs> and he sent to him. <laughs> totally sexual harassment now that you think about it. Um, <laughs> why are you in my dreams? <laughs> And if it wasn't him actually doing it, it sounds really strange. <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah. like there was in a moment where I was just like, Koch could totally deny, not you know, totally deny this and be like, "What are you really talking about?" Well, <laughs> in your dream. he kind of did. He said, "I was listening to the song, you know, what? your thoughts became the song," which is completely a Koch answer. Yeah, like, what does that mean? Yeah, I have no idea. It's a non-answer. Like, <laughs> but he's he's like actually acknowledging the fact that there was a link. Like, yeah. It's like he's giving him mixed signals here. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> we have a link. <laughs> but it was the song. <laughs> I keep listening to like when Kosh speaks, you know, all the other sounds that happen, like the little, it sounds like other voices and stuff, but I can't quite pin it down. But it's so very weird. Like the others whispering on Lost, or like the whispers yeah. in the in the woods, you know. Yeah. Well, it has is a very it's... big um, exoskeleton thing, so maybe they're all hiding in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's where the others. That's where people go when they run. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sheridan wants to know if that kind of thing has happened before, and he said yes once. <laughs> or you okay. might tell me, does this same thing happen all the time? <laughs> no, it's only happened once before. His name was Sinclair. <laughs> he was the one but now he's gone and now you're the second one <laughs> you're the, new the other one. one the other one, <laughs> the other one. <laughs> next we see Cranston laying out a plan for searching B5 they have these special scanners that will help looking for this crystal that gets injected into high ranking earth dome personnel just in case they oh, are kidnapped. I thought they said an isotope uh, okay. Yeah, so I, my impression, yeah. You know I how think you I wrote down get, crystal, but I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was a crystal, but I heard I was a type. Well, how is this? A, I don't get it. How is it a precaution against kidnapping? How does that work? Uh, so you can scan and find them if they're ever kidnapped. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like you chip at your like uh, pet. Yeah. Well, you can't, like, scan out, though. But, okay, here's my question. Do they not have a photo of this guy? I mean, people... <laughs> Why don't they show people a photo? That helps as well. You know, they're scanning like, the doctors in the lab and, like, the women. You know, it's like... It's a, it's a very good question. Because, like, yeah. later on, he's, like, you know, enlisting Franklin's help because he knows him. So I was like, oh, does Franklin the only one who knows what he looks like? <laughs> so, yeah. So weird to me. Show a picture of this guy. Or at least explain that he could have had facial surgery like really quickly <laughs> with no scarring or something. I don't know. He could be wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good mask. Well, Garibaldi's got a hat later that makes him invisible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that hat. So much magic in this episode. 
Okay, Sheridan and Garibaldi are walking, talking about the security people, and Sheridan sees a ribbon and says that you just remembered something. He has to be somewhere. Yeah, and oh, this is when they're walking and he sees that ribbon and he's like, oh, I got somewhere I need to oh, be is right that? now. Oh, I yeah. didn't get that at all. Okay. Yeah, that was supposed to be a signal that somebody needed to talk to him. Oh, okay. Although it's kind of confusing because you also see a ranger walking past Garibaldi. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a signal for Garibaldi at first. I didn't even see the ranger. Wow, I was not paying attention. What if somebody just tied like a random ribbon somewhere? Just not. <laughs> I know it could also be like a like a signal for like you know to have sex somewhere. Like for two people, <laughs> he's gonna like a towel on like, very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> a towel. <laughs> it made me think of X Files, like when you draw an X on your window. Yeah. <laughs> now I was just thinking maybe it's like gosh, like this is my signal. <laughs> 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 if I tie a ribbon here, I'm ready. so sheridan goes off and flashes a signal and a lady steps out she says she was sent by the general to tell him that he's in great danger do we ever hear a name for her no but there was a sarah in the credits yeah that's her name i don't think they ever said no i don't think they did she's done a lot of soaps and direct to tv movies or direct to video movies and tv movies i totally believe she's done soap (laughs) I just didn't trust her. Like no. the whole the whole episode I'm waiting for her to do something wrong. Yeah. Especially yeah. at the end. But you it also shows here that although they're on the good side kind of, they're still using um Babylon five and all the stuff in just the same way um the president's men are. So yeah. They're not really in a good place here. They're just being used by two factions. Right, like the lesser of, you know, or just whoever is more aligned with you, you have to follow one of them. <laughs> so Sarah, Sarah's played by Wanda de Jesus. Uh, Sarah tells him that Dr. Jacobs is not a traitor. He's a threat to Clark and Clark is using all his resources to stop him. Turns out that Dr. Jacobs knew that Clark wasn't sick before he left Earth Force when it was destroyed. And they couldn't kill Dr. Jacobs right away, so that was how Hague's men helped get him to the station. Sheridan's mad because they've put him in a difficult situation. She says they don't, she doesn't have any easy answers, but they need to get as much evidence as they can, so Sheridan needs to find him first. He just wishes that he could have had some warning, so he could have handled it quietly. So he calls Garibaldi to his quarters after she leaves. Whoa guy took a fall i'm gonna turn this off (laughs) 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 sorry okay so yeah he calls garibaldi to his quarters and then next in med bay is when security comes in and starts scanning everybody security is so dumb (laughs) (laughs) especially where they're scanning just up in the air one day i feel sorry for that alien laying there like hello (laughs) oh my gosh so did anyone think of the ood Doctor Who. Yeah, it looks like an ooze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, if you on the table. <laughs> if you'd forgotten those are the Pac Marah. Oh, maybe I don't feel so bad. <laughs> those are this the um like the scavengers that eat. Yeah, yeah they're carrion, the carrion eaters. Carrion eaters, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
So then um, Dr. Franklin gets a weird message from Garibaldi, which has a coded message in it telling him to meet him oh at his God. place. It was like handwritten. This on is the hilarious. Oh, no. I mean, that's just his love of uh, cartoons for you. <laughs> I just like, come this. to my place, doctor, and wear something comfortable. That's what I was thinking. I was like, wow, I don't know how to take this, Garibaldi. <laughs> also, actually, I just realized. Especially considering he said happy birthday. <laughs> See, <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> I like yeah. how Franklin's idea of comfortable is still like a buttoned up shirt and slacks, though. <laughs> it's very Franklin. Yeah, and, Gar- and Garibaldi's a suspenders. <laughs> <laughs> and a hat. Don't forget the hat. How could we get the hat? <laughs> yeah. Next, we see Dr. Jacobs injecting himself with stems, and we see a cockroach, which is nice. <laughs> uh, Dr. Jacobs is recording a message. He's afraid to fall asleep because he thinks they'll get him if he doesn't stay awake. He's talking to somebody named Mary, and this whole time I'm thinking like Diane from Twin Peaks, like when, um, what's his name? Dale Cooper is recording messages to Diane the whole time. Uh, yeah. Well, I was actually wondering if he had recorded anything, so I like this little part, too, because he's explaining what he was doing, because I didn't know what he was doing. and But it also does it in a way that, like, makes sense within the the plot. And then you, it's also showing, like, that he has this, you know, rec- rec- record of what he's doing. So I liked, I just kind of like that for some reason. Yeah. Also, it's not too exposition-heavy, because it feels like this is just the latest entry. Yeah. Yeah. He manages to avoid being seen by Zach and some other oh, security dude. Because they're so dumb. Oh my <laughs> god. Let's 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 get this like passed out lady on the floor. Meanwhile there's a guy that fits a description of the doctor trying to get through this gate. It doesn't make no sense. <laughs> to be fair, it wasn't Zach who was scanning the old lady. It was the other guy who was getting in the in this argument with the old lady. And Zach was trying to still do his job, but... (sighs) Yeah. So Zach's scanner goes off just for a second before uh, the bleep disappears, I guess, and they're going to report it just in case. In Garibaldi's quarters, Franklin's like, I told you he wasn't a traitor. Yeah. They're going to go looking for him, and they're going to start with that blip that Zach found. They have advantages like Franklin knows Jacob and... Garibaldi's excellent disguise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some kind of Hudson Hawk, like Bruce Willisy thing that was going on. Exactly, the Bruce Willis is what I was thinking of, like with the suspenders <laughs> and that. I'm like, okay, yeah. he really is like trying to push this for all it's worth. Yeah, I want that hat though. I want a hat <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, it's disguise. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is, I can. And everything he says up to that point makes sense that, you know, people down in below recognise the uniform, not the face. But then he says he's got this awesome disguise and pulls out his hat. (laughs) (laughs) Ta-da. Doesn't look suspicious at all. He's like, and this. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, where'd Garibaldi go? (laughs) (laughs) And who are you, sir? (laughs) And really, they should not put those, um, what are they called again? Plasma rays into their pants, because that thing has a hair trigger. Yeah. (laughs) You don't want a whoops there. No. Living on the edge. 
So Dr. Jacobs runs up against that big scary guy from earlier. He thinks Jacobs has money and wonders why Jacobs is hiding. And Jacobs says he'll pay him whatever he wants to let him go. So this guy's name is Max. He's played by Richard Mole. He was bull on Night Court. Oh, okay. I thought so. Oh my, oh my gosh, he was so much better in Night Court. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> hey, maybe it's the hair. Once he had hair, he's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, was, exactly. yeah. I knew I recognized him. So after a commercial, we see Max looking through Jacob's stuff. He finds a data crystal, and he also finds a watch from the office of the president of the Earth Alliance. And he's going to find out what's on the data crystal. Ah, uh, this guy. So, I don't get, like, why? what kind of a dumb, dumb criminal would kidnap somebody and ransom them on an enclosed, confined space station? <laughs> like, There's a lot of things like that. Like, I'm like, like do you realize? A... <laughs> Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, it's, I mean, I'm agreeing with you. It's like, there's a lot of things like that where I'm like, you're in a confined space. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're you might here, you have... on a cruise ship and, oh, I'm going to take exactly. this hostage. It <laughs> makes no sense. I yeah, think they'd be able to find them eventually, but I, don't know, I guess they have to stop all their traffic mm-hmm. from leaving the station. It'd be kind of like on an island, I guess. You could put it that way. Like, it would be hard to search every nook and cranny because it is huge yeah oh yeah they said it was gonna take like what a couple weeks well well if they didn't have the little scanners right and that's if that's if where you search they don't have a way to like backtrack and get to where you already searched so yeah that's true Cranston, yeah, he explains they've searched most of the station, so Jacobs has to be in Down Below. Always comes back to Down Below, doesn't it? Always. They have limited <laughs> sets here. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least we're not downtown. <laughs> yeah, Sheridan says that's where he has to be, unless he's in a place called Downtown, which we can tell he's making up and tells Crit. Where that is, and Cranston wants to search that place instead and pulls the security folks there. And then he leaves, and turns out those levels have been sealed since B5 went online. But Sheridan's hoping it'll buy Garibaldi and Franklin five or six hours. So, so in order, I'm just like picturing this. So it's completely sealed. So, how would the guy have gotten there in the first place? He would have had yeah. to unweld, like, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. Well, but he got him to lead, buy it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll get, I was going to say for a lead investigator on such an important case, this guy's really gullible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you should get there and go. Wait a minute. <laughs> this looks like it's been sealed years ago. Especially since. Yeah, especially since Will just said like we can tell he's lying. I'm like, if we can tell he's lying, then this guy should be able to tell he's lying. <laughs> we know. Oh, yeah, he better. gives a little weak, you know. <laughs> Well, I mean, he's a bad liar. Like, I'm like, oh, uh, he is. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe he can walk through walls like Kosh can. <laughs> That's so, <laughs> Maybe he is Kosh. Uh, oh. A new theory. <laughs> wow. Mind blown. But I have I have seen them in the same place at the same time. Or is it a dream? That doesn't mean anything. It could be a projection of himself. <laughs> <laughs> Sheridan gets a call that Kosh wants to see him. It's the first time Kosh has wanted to see anyone since Susan got there. 
And down below, Garibaldi and Franklin aren't having any luck, but all of a sudden the guards disappeared. Franklin's, um, ha- he has good memories of Dr. Jacobs, and they both talk about the past, and we hear that music that we hear from time to time. And- this was totally a romance. <laughs> you, you know in modern series they wouldn't let the scene stay in you know they'd be all about the plot and wanting it to be as fast paced as possible but it's a brilliant bit of character development I think here yeah these two actors have really good chemistry together and I just like enjoy seeing them on screen so I appreciate things like this yeah when they eat it looks like they're um, eating Kellogg's Nutri-Grain breakfast bars <laughs> They don't get close enough that you can really see it through the writing. So they noticed, or Dr. Franklin noticed, the merchant trying to sell Dr. Jacobs' swatch, and they convinced him to tell them who they got it from, who he got it from. Yeah, convinced. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Garibaldi's um, doing a private eye stick this freak, I think, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. After that, Cranston get a message from someone who claims to have seen Dr. Jacobs, and it's Max. With glasses. Yeah, <laughs> with those. Um... That's the master of disguise right there. <laughs> I know. Cat well, he must, he must have brought him in the same place Garibaldi got his hat. <laughs> exactly. From Diagon Alley. Um, he wants 10,000 credits for delivering Jacobs, and Cranston's okay with that. Agreed a little too quickly. I guess he's just got orders to get this taken care of no matter what. Maybe. That or he's actually competent and knows, right, we'll, we get him in the right place, we capture him, get him to tell us where the doctor is and we don't have to pay him. Yeah. Well, I kind of meant from the, the bad guy's side, like wouldn't you kind of oh. hesitate? And True. say that was too easy, or I should have asked for more money, or you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we've already seen this, like, this really doesn't like... have too many brain cells. <laughs> True, he wore the glasses, so <laughs> yeah. This, this is when Sheridan goes to see Kosh, uh, oh, yeah, they go back and forth, and Kosh doesn't think that everyone's ready to see under the suit and what he looks like. Sheridan wants an exchange of information, but Kosh doesn't agree to that. This pisses off Sheridan. He wants to know what Kosh wants. He thinks Kosh has been watching him because Kosh rarely went to council meetings before Sheridan showed up. And then there's that thing on the ship. So he asks Kosh again, what do you want? And this pisses off Kosh, actually. <laughs> Kosh is like, you should never ask that question because... Remember, that was what Morden was uh-huh. asking. Yep. Yeah. When he said it, actually, oh. before Kosh reacted, I was like, what do you want? Oh, uh, that's uh-oh. a good question. <laughs> and then Kosh had a real reaction to it. Yeah. Sheridan's just happy to get a response out of Kosh. So Kosh agrees to teach Sheridan until he's ready. Yeah, this is a big scene because Kosh actually talks quite a fair bit. <laughs> about nothing there was some emotion well there is one big thing he gets really angry at a question a simple mm-hmm. question which I think is like the ring right so it's like you know the ring in the Lord of the Rings when you get the ring 
Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like it's power and Galadriel has that whole thing. So that's what I was thinking about. I'm like, well, is this question kind of like that? Like, you shouldn't ask this question to people of great power because they will abuse it. Mm-hmm. It's bad enough when you answer a question with a question, but when you answer with the same question. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready to teach me? Are you ready to or whatever? But okay, so but we didn't know before that Kosh was attending more council meetings. That's a new bit of information. Right. Uh, yeah, we've just seen them in the background. Each yeah. Meetings season, yeah, I did actually deliberately point out that he was in certain council meetings. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Just to seed it in your mind that when it's raised here, yeah. Um, yes, and he, and you would point it out, and then we would say, "Yeah, but he didn't say anything." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that's true, but watching. Yeah, he's been watching Sheridan. But uh-huh. then there was like a whole bunch of episodes after the first one that he wasn't even in at all. Like there was a ton of episodes in a row. Yeah. I don't think we but, saw any council meetings during that time though. Oh. Okay. No. And in the first season you'll notice he didn't go to any council meetings. He didn't? I think it may have gone to one. He maybe. might have gone to one, I think, yeah. Whereas, maybe the first so yeah. Yeah. So Garibaldi and Franklin find Doctor Jacobs and there's a fight with one of Max's goons. Garibaldi gets stabbed, but Dr. Franklin actually kicks some butt in the scene. Actually fights a little bit. Jacobs tells them that Max has a data crystal, his data crystal. Garibaldi tells them to go and he'll get the crystal back. So then we see Max return to his hideout and he finds his goon tied up. Garibaldi surprises him and convinces him to give him the data crystal. <laughs> oh, and he whimpers, Max whimpers. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, if you thought he was happy, no, you know. He's having a bad day. <laughs> Next, we're in Sheridan's office. Cranston is talking to Sheridan. So he knows that they've used the scanner to pinpoint a radiation source inside B5 twice before. Okay, so once was when we had the... um. The doctor guy, right? The one that yeah, once was an infection. Yeah. Infection, and then what was the other? Do we know? I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Oh, was it when the <clears throat> what's his face was going to blow up? Ironheart. I'm not it sure. Might have been when they had the monster from what was it? The the I can't remember. Oh, the the yeah the where the ship came and the yeah 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 that that may have been it. I don't remember. Mm, okay. So Sheridan says he didn't tell him. Well, he says it took a lot of work, and Cranston's wondering why they didn't bitch it before. Sheridan gets called away to a crisis with the doctor. So Cranston goes and talks to Susan, wants to know how long it's going to take to get everything in place now that he does know about it. And Susan kind of puts him in his place a little bit. Susan (laughs) does what Susan does best. All right. So I think they're in Sheridan's quarters in this scene. Uh, Dr. Jacob gives Sheridan the data crystal, and it proves that President Clark didn't, he deliberately didn't want to be on Earth Force One when it exploded. And Sheridan tells everybody about how Cranston figured out that they can scan inside the station, but he has a plan. <laughs> this was, uh, wow, this was needed a lot of things to come together to work, I have to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in CNC, they've had the internal scanners online. Clarence tells them that Kosh wants to leave, but uh, they tell him to, he has to wait until 
Kashi has to wait. So they start to scan and they don't see anything. I think this is where on the monitors it said Dr. Everett Jacoby. It's a continuity error. Maybe they changed his name at some point. Oh, okay. Sheridan is mad about all the trouble they went through and he's not even on the station, but he's pretending, of course. We find out. Kosh requests permission to leave again, but this is okay. It's okay this time. So when he gets ready to go through the jump gate, Kosh, uh, Cranston wants the ship scanned, says he won't know. Sheridan doesn't want to because it's an ambassadorial vessel, but they go through with it. They initiate the scan, find one life form, which is non-human. So Cranston agrees to let it go. Hey, let it go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they don't cause a major incident. So they've proven that Jacobs hasn't been to B-5, so they're going to help Cranston backtrack and find Jacobs. They want Jacobs to leave once he gets his report. I so mean, then, uh, right okay. here in this bit, I just feel Sheridan might be overplaying his hand a little bit. You know, he doesn't have to be that, you know, angry at all of this. He, you know, he really does feel like, you know, if you're just overacting. Yeah. Well, no, (laughs) not the actor. No, not not the actor. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sheridan is overacting. Master of subtlety, this guy. No. (laughs) No. Because he doesn't want to bring their attention to... Like, he wants them to think that he's on their side, but he's not really playing it that way. He's kind of like yeah, letting his anger show. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Maybe it's just he's had en- enough of cryptic rubbish from Koch, <laughs> and he's just had a bad day. That's it. So Kasha's ship returned, and the command staff goes to Bay 13... And they were told to wait until the ship recognizes them. And this is Sheridan's proof that the Borlons have organic technology. It's a living ship. So that's why, even though Kosh wasn't on board, they still detected one alien life form. So then Jacobs gets ejected from the ship. He's unconscious because that was the only way that Kosh would let someone be on his ship. And when Jacobs wakes up, he says that while he was asleep, the ship sang to him. The same a lullaby, <coughs> or Justin Bieber? No singing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's terrible taste. Oh, that's terrible taste. No caddy for taste. Yep. But I have a question for you guys that have seen the show before. Okay, because Kosh and the whole thing about the Vorlons is very, very, very cryptic. Like it's very hard to pinpoint any kind of theory relating to what they say. At least for me. For what what he okay. says, and but is it is it the kind of thing where looking back you're like, oh yeah, I could clearly see now the signs of what's to come, <laughs> or is it like the cheese man? <laughs> no, no, when when you understand everything, things make sense. Okay. okay. Yeah. Now you sound like Kosh. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> That's interesting. So next, Sheridan meets with uh, Sarah, hands her the data crystal. She says they're going to put Jacobs on one of their ships ASAP and congratulate Sheridan. She says until next time, because there needs to be a next time. And that's the end of the episode. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. 
we had Bill Blair back as an alien again, and Haley McLean was the voice of the computer. She's been in a bunch of episodes. And again, the name of the episode really doesn't make any sense. I was just going to mention that. Is there any talk about that? Like, is it, <clears throat> does it have other meanings other than just like, okay, this guy's being hunted? Nothing Not I saw. really, no. Okay. And maybe, I don't know what it's... Sheridan hunting Kosh, or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, we didn't actually mention the other thing that Kosh said to him, that Kosh is going to teach Sheridan to fight legends. Oh, yeah. That's, right. That's what my note meant. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I've got my note here. Ding, Merlin roll assigned. Because, <laughs> yeah, in stories like this, you always get the archetype. And Okay, yeah. I hope we get a montage then. Kosh <laughs> teaching Sheridan Training, to fight legends. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the other day about how it's hard to remember what happened in an episode based on the title, because... Like in, when you say infection and TKO and Babylon Square, those are good prompts to remember what happened in those episodes. Right. But when you hear a race through dark places and the long dark, and Boy, I agree. It's hard to pray. <laughs> yeah. Like a few weeks from now, I'll have trouble remembering what happened in Hunter Prey just by just from the name. Mm-hmm. If it said something about Kosh or Vorlon or uh, anything about that, then I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah I remember that episode. Or manhunt for a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be... We see Kosh's ship. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it sings to people. Kosh's <laughs> um. <laughs> ship sings. There we go. <laughs> so are we ready for quotes of the week? My quotes are Garibaldi quotes this week. I have no quotes because I'm not on my computer. Uh, okay, That's right. I'll start off with Garibaldi. Maybe somebody should have labeled the future some assembly required. Mm-hmm. I have Ivanova 5x5. Five five. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what you said there. I was like, Buffy. Uh, or Faith. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I've got my other Ivanova one. It's D. At an early age, someone should have told you you can attract a lot more flies with honey than with vinegar. <laughs> so. <laughs> I only have one quote, <clears throat> which wasn't even that good. So I don't even know if I should say it, but it's my only one. Um, Sheridan says, tell them we're having mechanical problems. And Ivanova says, that they'll believe. <laughs> That's the only thing I have. Um, if I had a quote, I'm sure it would be Kosh. Yeah. The whole, whole exchange. Yeah, anything there. That, okay, then I will do Sheridan's then. What do you want? <laughs> Don't ask that question. <laughs> I had another one, but I'm going to skip it. <laughs> yeah, um, there, was a, there was a couple of ones. There's the one between um, uh, the doctor and Frank. Like, I, oh, let me see. Garibaldi says, you were his teacher. What did he get in first aid class? And Frank lets us 4.0. Jacob says, 3.7. Like, that's not a great quote, but I like the exchange. Yeah. yeah. And I was just going, he would never remember that. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Well, it was a surprise pupil, maybe. I don't, I don't. That's the best pupil he ever had. Three months <laughs> <down>. <laughs> I know. That's his standard so, well, That was his first aid. <laughs> yeah, I think things like xenobiology, you must have got a much better score. 
<laughs> he obviously took chemistry as well because all of the things <laughs> he was doing. Like, this is my real calling. He's a mixologist, probably. <laughs> I was actually a drink, yeah. <laughs> so how about we do characters of the week? Who's our human of the week? Mm, I don't know. It was a Sheridan episode. Sheridan. Really? Yeah, I think I so. Sheridan. Max. Max. <laughs> <laughs> His shades. Max's shades. Garibaldi's hat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, really? That only counts if we had item of the week. Yeah. <laughs> that could be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Those scanner things. Dr. Franklin's drink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Sheridan. How about Alien of the Week? Oh, I think gosh. there's only one. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Even if anybody else was in it, it would still be Kosh. Well, there's always Kosh's shit. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, no, I've got to be Kosh. He did sing, but it still has to be Kosh because he actually said stuff that yeah. that didn't completely infuriate me. I don't want me to shake him. He, he said stuff that moved the storyline forward incrementally in an effort. way. I'm so curious. <laughs> Uh, Sheridan and Kosh, the happy couple. So, <laughs> so let's do episode ratings. Want to start us out, Malika? Uh, yeah, I like this one. It was uh, just because of Kosh. Like, I mean, that's that's pretty much the the big thing. So, um, I gave it seven out of ten. Alien lullabies. Oh. Nice. <laughs> How about you, Heidi? Um. I also really enjoyed this one and I didn't, I didn't really care for all of the, which is funny since it's called Hunter Prey, but I didn't really care for all of the looking for the doctor, but like the reason they were searching for him, once you figure that out, it's, it makes it better. So, um, I think for this one, I'm going to go with an 8.5 out of 10, Cylon Vorlon hybrid ships. Nice. How about you, Elizabeth? Um, yeah, so first of all, I, 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 if I could retroactively rate Gropos a 7.5, now that I've watched a couple episodes after that. Um, but um, I don't know. I, I liked it. I did like learning more about, you know, what happened with the government, and I liked seeing the doctor. And um, I don't know. I, I, of course, I liked the stuff with Kosh even though it made me more confused. But, I mean, we got some cool information about that, and I couldn't believe we got to find out that the ship, you know, was organic and that he was talking to the ship. That was really cool. It seems like we got leaps and bounds more information about Kosh than we have in a long time. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. But then some of it brought – some things brought it down for me, like, you know, the criminal guy and the um, so the way the security was searching. I just – I it was just rolling my eyes. But – but yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, so I'm going to give it um, seven inept criminals out of ten. Cool. Uh, what do you say, Ian? Yeah, the cost up in this really makes the episode. And um, I always love the whole exchange in Kosh's quarters because although it's cryptic, there's actually a lot of information there. It it. it hints at things to come in a really interesting 
Warlon way. <laughs> Where if you don't know what's to come, you can't make heads or tails of it, but <sighs> when you do, you just have a smile on your face. Um, the other stuff was okay. It wasn't too bad. Uh, so I'm going to give it 7 out of 10 hats of invisibility. <laughs> Ian, you just frustrated me even more. There's no way we could figure it out, basically. Yeah, uh, I had to do it. <laughs> Until you watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really like this episode. Uh, I, yeah, mostly because of Kosh and the other storyline was okay. It didn't really bring it down much for me. I didn't <clears throat> have a big problem with it. And this Dr. Franklin Garibaldi partnership was great. And the Kosh Sheridan scenes were great. And Sheridan's clever, I guess, solution to getting out of the problem. I like that. So I'm going to give it. Eight and a half out of ten trips to downtown. <laughs> nice. So that gives it a total score of 7.6. Nice. Best one in a while. So let's get on Kosh's ship and head downtown to feed Backland. Of yeah. course, we should put ourselves into a coma. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we will not Safe. be <laughs> We got a new review on Yay. iTunes that I didn't see until after we finished recording last week, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> so it didn't get lost. <laughs> yeah. So Victor says, this is an entertaining podcast and it convinced me to re to do a rewatch of B5. I'm not a big fan of the intro cast format because it is so easy to inadvertently spoil things. Those newbies are clever, but the veterans provide background information while the newbies have a fresh point of view and try to guess the plot twist. Highly recommended. Thank, oh, thank you, Victor. You, Victor. Thanks. thanks, Victor. 14403 is your full username, I think. <laughs> oh, headline says, adds a lot to the show. Aww. Oh, that's nice. Next piece of feedback is a comment on the website from Board99. Anyone want to take that? I could take it. Somebody get an email. I, yeah, I think I need to turn my <laughs> thing off. So I have my iPad open. It's me to think. Okay. That's no, fine. I... Um, yes, Ford. Ford 99 says, Why, yes, that is another person from someone's past arriving on the station. I hope the ambassadors are starting to find this comfortingly familiar, like an old blanket. <laughs> I always used to think that I like season two the best and that it was better than season one. But what I'm discovering as I listen to your podcast is that on an episode-by-episode basis, that's not necessarily true. (laughs) Sorry, it's so funny that we're making it seem worse. (laughs) (laughs) Season 2 may even have more episodes that I find weak in and of themselves than Season 1 does, at least up to this point. But what Season 2 definitely has over Season 1 is solid development of the overall plot. Take Hunter Prey. We've seen this story before in Survivors, and it was better in itself when it was Garibaldi on the run through the murky world of Down Below, because we actually cared about Garibaldi. But unlike Survivors, Hunter Prey connects to things larger than itself. This gives interest to what would otherwise be a pretty pedestrian runaround, with at least one horribly unsettled moment. That would be the downtown scene. 
But at this point in the season, I'm starting to feel that only The Coming of Shadows has really managed the double whammy of an excellent story combined with excellent development of the overall arc. 12 down, 10 to go. Well, thanks, Board. Thanks, Board. Yeah, this reminded me, uh, like, sometime, sometime in the past few years, there was someone in the Jay and Jack group that was watching Babylon 5, and she was in the first season, and we kept telling her, just wait till you get to season two, just wait till you get to season two, it's going to be so much better. And after she got a few episodes into season two, she was like, eh, it's a little bit better, but it's still not that great. And I'm thinking... Man, well, she must be one of those people that doesn't really like anything that's not like Breaking Bad because so much. I remember it being so much better, but now that we're doing this rewatch, I can kind of see what she's saying. But <laughs> it's sort of yeah. it's sort of like Buffy, like you say, yeah, just no, get just through season say. one, just get through season one, and then it's really not until like what episode ten of season two where it finally picks up with surprise and innocence. Oh, that's like yeah. like fourteen episode thirteen or fourteen, yeah, yeah, like it's a ways in there. But mm-hmm. even, even just like, um, you know, like, especially with Buffy, there are seasons where I'm like, this is my favorite season. And then, um, you know, but or other shows that I'm on, I'm a veteran on and then I'll be watching along and I'm like, oh, gosh. And I like almost feel embarrassed because I'm like, this is such a, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> and, and there's and the a other, lot of that. Yeah. And the other thing is binge watching, especially with Babylon 5 yeah. being out so long as it has. We've been binge-watching this for years, and so when you go through on a watch-through, you fly th- through episodes, and they all blur into one sometimes. So, you, uh-huh. yeah, you take the best bits out of each episode. Yeah, and you right. remember the overall arc more than the individual episode. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I remember Buffy. I'm like, oh, yeah, looking back at the season, it was awesome. And then going uh-huh. through episode by episode, I'm like, oh, wow, ugh. Yeah, especially when they're spread out so much, like potential cast. Mm, right. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll be changing our tune in a few weeks, or maybe I'll eat my shorts. Our next feedback was a Facebook comment about last week's episode, and I'm going to say that's pronounced Eric. Who wants to take Eric's comment? Okay. A bit surprised you did not like the Lamarty plot more. I always found it amusing the way they talk of inferior races in a reasonable tone of voice when they are actually being quite fascist and ideological-wise. Of course, their views would be like a bad joke to all the command staff and maybe Franklin in particular. Speaking about Franklin, I'm quite surprised by all the Franklin bashing on the show. To me, he was always one of the most sympathetic characters right from the beginning and whose views I could most identify with. Okay, except for when he's being sleeping with all his patients, creepy Franklin. (laughs) Even in your favourite episode, Believers, I always stood by him all the way. The very first time I watched it, I guess this only shows how broad B5's characters are and the characters that views and sorry and their sorry and the characters and their views and philosophies will mean different things to different people around the world. To me, sympathetic all life is sacred guy always wins over military by the rules guy. 
Sinclair in particular episodes. Sorry, Sinclair in that particular episode. Screw the rules if lives are to be saved, I say. Anyway, just saying hi. I've been listening to the podcast since the very first episode and I'm enjoying it a lot, but can't bear to wait a whole week before re-watching the next episode any longer. So I'm in the middle of season three as we speak. <laughs> Sorry, I tried. Uh. Yeah. Um, and he goes on to say, I know the series kind of inside and out by now, though. So I must. So I remember most of the stuff you're talking about anyway. Hashtag geek. Keep it up. Stroke off. Stroke off. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Um, I hope you keep, I mean, even though you've, you know, gone ahead with uh, watching, I hope you still listen to the podcast. I have to say that I like Franklin. I mean, I under I understand, like, the criticism of him or whatever, and I think it's funny. But just, I don't know, I think it's the actor's really likable, even if sometimes the yeah. character's not written that well. Yeah. I still oh, make fun of uh, Yes, exactly. These, I like making fun of him. these early episodes, it's really easy to make fun of him. He's so serious. It's always fun to poke fun at to serious mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. I mean, I think it's funny to, and I mean, that one episode, the notorious episode, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I just find <laughs> the actor really amusing. Or, I mean, not the actor really, like, I just like him. He's got a likable face. And he's cute. So that, that helps, too. Yeah, that does help. Her next email is from Lori. I'll take that one. So, quick question. Sorry, Will. We have two emails from Lori, but they're both about Hunter Prey. Uh, I may have made a mistake. Oh, the second one is from Yan. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, Lori says, hello, amb- commanders, ambassadors, and visitor to the station. Some thoughts from Carl and I on Hunter Prey. T- to me, to me, Kosh and Kosh's ship part of the episode was the most interesting part. I want to see a scene with Ivanova watching the ship at night and seeing the patterns change. The conversation with Sheridan was very one-sided. I'm sure you will, I'm sure you all will go through it, but I look forward to what you think about the questions and cautious answers. Now you called me here? Why? Just to throw me out? Are we just toys to you? Huh? What do you want? Kosh spins around to face Sheridan again. Never ask that question. What question do you think he was referring to and why did it provoke such a reaction? Carl predicted we will find out more about why he does not like those questions and thought perhaps Kosh does not want to face the fact that are we just toys to you might be true. As Carl has been particularly interested in Kosh, some of his thoughts. At the beginning, Carl predicted that the ship was organic or alive in some way and that Kosh was listening and watching them the whole time in the opening scene. Good job, Carl. Kosh will learn more about Sheridan than he does of Kosh, though Sheridan may think he is learning something. Carl feels like we should not have seen that much of Kosh's ship this early. It has taken away some of the mystery. Mm, I'm sure there's lots of mystery left. <laughs> we haven't <laughs> seen the inside. No. And we don't know which pop artists they're singing. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm still confused. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plenty of mystery. On the other plot, just some quick observations. The general's assistant was just not very good, and someone somewhat took me out of the episode. Dr. Franklin was being holier than thou again, though he was right. 
So what do the ambassadors think of him now? Downtown was another clever idea of Sheridan's. He always seems to always seems able to pull out clever solutions. Do the ambassadors think that might ever backfire? Hopefully. <laughs> and about uh, about Franklin, I did not have a problem with him this week. My problems That's come good. and go. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, maybe someone should have labeled the feature some assembly required. Michael Garibaldi. Carl, rating 7 out of 10, a little less ominous foreshadowing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Alien, Kosh. Human pawn shop owner. <laughs> Lori rating seven out of ten downtown sectors. Alien Kosh, human Ivanova, Lori and Carl. Thanks guys. Thank you, Thank Lori. Both of you. Oh, always love hearing Carl's thoughts on Kosh. <laughs> you have to get Carl on one day with Lori. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Our next email is from Victor. Okay. Well, there was only one ambassador in this episode, but it was a good one. It took almost two years to get Kosh to say something, but then once you get him talking, you can't shut him up. (laughs) But as much as Kosh rambled on, he still didn't say much of anything that made sense. Still, it was nice. Okay, stop rubbing it in. (laughs) Still, it was nice to see Kosh's ship and finally have some insight into Vorlon technology. The main story concerned Dr. Jacobs, who has evidence that incriminates President Clark and suggests a conspiracy to murder his predecessor. Sheridan and Ivanova prove to be very efficient at helping Earth security as inefficiently as possible, as they manage to keep Dr. Jacobs from falling into their clutches. This episode advances the story and places Babylon 5 firmly at odds with Earth, although the Earth government doesn't know that yet. Also, I am grateful that Ivanova didn't do any dancing in this one. <laughs> I will give this episode a one-point bonus for enlightenment it gave us about the Vorlons, as muddled as it was, for a total of eight lost podcasts out of ten. <laughs> Regards, Victor. Let's hope there's not Two eight Victor. lost podcasts. Thank no, you, no, 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 not eight. Not. <laughs> Hopefully, let's leave it at one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our next email is from Yan, so take that one. Yeah. Okay, then. Hello, fellow lurkers in down below. Here's a bit of feedback for Season 2, Episode 13, Hunter Prey. Opening with Ivanova and Sheridan in Bay 13, looking at... Dot, dot, dot. Sheridan's ship. Sorry, <laughs> not her what? <laughs> Let me do that again. <laughs> <laughs> looking at... Dot, dot, dot. Kosh's ship. Or what we should... Or what should we call it? A living ship? When do we first hear of organic technology? Oh, yes, all the way back in Not the All Good Season 1 episode Infection. Yes, Nelson turning into a killing machine. The Doctor of the President, Dr. Jacobs, on the run. Shedden's habit of collecting secrets wakes up again. Oh, and Garibaldi has um uh, an excellent disguise. <laughs> yeah, he actually writes T he. <laughs> but I liked your interpretation. <laughs> the ship's singing to people made me think of a story by Anne McCaffrey, the ship who sang, and I wondered if it's a tribute to that story. I have heard Anne McCaffrey reading that story at a convention, and it's very good. 
JMS did say it wasn't an intentional reference to that. Oh, okay. It's just, yeah, it's just different people having the same very clever idea. <laughs> and now on the favourites. Human. Our main crew are all good, but I think I will go for Sheridan and his quick thinking and the wonderful irony and the wonderful irony of his final comment to Agent Cranston. Alien? Kosh. There's not much choices there. Quotes. There are many quotes. Uh, I like this one a lot, so here are a few. Feel free to leave ones out that you've already had. Ivanova to Sheridan. You can see why we had to quarantine this area. Last, the last maintenance crew we had in here wouldn't come back. They kept on having dreams about this thing. They said it would they said it talked to them in their sleep, Sheridan. They authorised extreme sanctions against a civilian? My God, what does this guy know? Garibaldi and Sheridan. He knew all the right things to say. Nothing sounds really bogus to raise the red flags, but he's not telling us everything. His type never does. Sorry, Sheridan and Garibaldi. Any problems yet? No, sir, these guys are about as subtle as a brick through a glass window, but they know their stuff. I'd hate to be on the wrong side with this bunch against me. There's a lot of quotes. Um, uh, forgive me if I don't go through them all. You've got a lot here. Yeah, you found a lot of quotes. Okay, I'm just going to skip to your ratings if you don't mind, because there's a lot of quotes there. Ratings. I like this episode quite a lot. While the fugitive being on the good side is not a new concept, the motives. So this moves the main story forward, and is well executed, with some stints of humour thrown in. So I give this episode nine out of ten singing chips, and that's all, folks. Watch out for shadows; <laughs> they move when you're not looking. Yan the Babylon lurker. Thanks, Yan. Thanks, Jan. Let's see. Our final piece of email, we got a late one from Anka, who is our guest next week. I'll read that one. It says, hi, down below team. Hope you have all recovered from the little accident. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was still nice hearing your thoughts on last week's episode, and I love that you played in Ivanova. It's not that bad, actually, although super embarrassing. But have you seen another show that would go there? I give it credit for that. As an episode that is somehow trying to bring the story arc around President Clark and Conspiracy Sheridan forward, it was a rather slow episode. It starts out with a good idea, the former doctor of the president showing up on Babylon 5, and of course, this guy has all kinds of information that bring him into real danger. On a side note, of course, he was also a professor of Dr. Franklin. There are not too many good professors in the medical field on Earth, it seems. Anyway, the story is actually not bad. Weren't it for the ridiculous part that Clark's people want him found, well, and I assume dead, and officially turn the whole station into a hunting party, close up on him by going through each sector and sealing off potential escapeways? Why would you make it so official? It's common knowledge that he was the presidential doctor and that Clark left the ship before the explosion because of a flu, or was it not? I mean... 
If that is common knowledge, people can put one and one together, can't they not? What also annoyed me was the scene between Sheridan and the conspiracy lady. Why was he so angry when she came to him to explain the truth about the doctor and why he ended up on Babylon 5? Things don't always work out as planned. Those people also work undercover in a dangerous situation. I wanted to tell him, it's not just you that risk blowing your cover all the time. You signed up for this. Well... Uh, kinda, I just inter- I think like what would really make people upset is they just they don't know what's going on. Like he yeah. he didn't know what was going on at all until that guy came, you know, a couple episodes ago, and then you know they just come and tell him something that I I just think it's more about like him not knowing anything. Yeah. But in the end, he found a very good solution how not to blow his cover with the help of his team. So I'm okay with that. Okay, but now we have Garibaldi in a hat together with Dr. Franklin on an undercover mission. And of course, while trying to find the doctor, they sit down and have a talk about the future not being what they thought it would be. Yawn. Shortly after it, they find the doctor. Garibaldi gets back the data crystal. Okay, that scene was kind of cool. And all of them meet up in their quarters. Anybody else wondered how this would be working with the whole station on the hunt, sealed pathways and all? I don't understand. The whole idea could have been done a bit more dramatic, I find. Anyways, the side story was Sheridan asking out Kosh for dinner <laughs> to get a better understanding of their culture was actually quite nice. It remind it actually reminded me of when Delin came up to Sheridan. Lots of culture exchanged in season two. Hmm, yeah. Sheridan was pretty persistent and in the end he kinda got what he wanted. Kosh seems to have some kind of interest in Sheridan. We learn he is only now showing up for council meetings. Kasha's ship, on the other hand, could have been done nicer, even with the CG they had at the time. It was like looking at a bad computer game. Best quote, do you want fries with it? Although I didn't like Sheridan in this scene with Conspiracy Lady. That one cracked me up. Human of the Week, Garibaldi, only he can pull off wearing a hat as being undercover. <laughs> Alien of the Week, Kosh, or maybe Kasha's ship? I'll give it six out of ten flies caught with vinegar. Hey. Keep up the great work, Anka from sunny but freezing Vancouver. Mm. Thanks, Anka. Thanks, Anka. And thanks, Anka. Thanks for all the feedback, everybody. If you want to send us feedback, send it to mail at downbelowpodcast.com, or you can leave a comment on Facebook or our website, or you can leave a review on iTunes. I just want to point out that it's 8.30 p.m. and it's still light outside. <laughs> uh, that's what it's like in the summer up here well but it's probably gonna start getting dark in about an hour yeah i'll probably get dark in an hour or so but right now it's just drizzle so it's not light at all <laughs> it's a good day to stay home and read which is what i need to do before 7 p.m that's right oh first of all you need to stay on for the next little bit because you're in newbie as well oh what's that yeah, let's do predictions. The name of the next episode is There All the Honor Lies. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you can't predict stuff for the next episode, you've had plenty of stuff over the last few weeks to predict on. And you're, you're all here this week. You get to predict with each other, bounce ideas off one another. Thank goodness, because I hate it when I have to, and you probably do too, Elizabeth, when you have to make predictions alone and 
Will and Ian just sit there and say nothing, yeah, and you're exactly. like, I sound ridiculous. <laughs> I could be right there, or I could be so wildly off base that they're muting themselves laughing. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so they're all the honor lies. Who's it going to be about? That's a good place to start. <laughs> um, maybe it's going to be about uh, Londo. Oh, yeah, good, good call. Mm, could be. Yeah, I like that one. Because mm-hmm. I'm really curious, like, the end of last episode, was it? Where they he had a scene with Garibaldi, and it just felt really sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I feel yeah, like definitely. that might be definitely. me revisiting. Maybe somebody <laughs> dies. Um, maybe, like, some somebody dies in, like, a sort of heroic or tragic way. I don't know what I was thinking. I was just thinking of, like, maybe somebody dies because of something that somebody else did or because uh, related to something that somebody caused and then we're just honored I vague like the titles yeah um, exactly so like, my only guess is somebody dies it's 50-50 so yeah pretty much okay overall predictions Okay, so what do you think about this whole legends thing? Because I was thinking, like, gods, you know? Like, what if these are, like, gods that used to rule the universe and and they had their powers? And now they're power. space fighters. Yeah, now that they, they, they've been, like, they're on a different... Maybe they're on a different... Um, they're in a different dimension or something, and they can't physically come back fully without mm-hmm. some other thing. I don't know. Interesting. That's, do you think time travel has anything to do with it? I think time travel is involved somewhere, yes. I don't know about it with them, but some there's there's got to be time travel. Cuz I always whenever I think of legends, I guess I always think of Sinclair and the whole like back to the future type thing. I don't know, I'm probably totally off, but I just feel like cuz like there was like a not a legend, but like a what is it called? Like with, it starts with a P. Prophecy? Like, Dylan uses it all the time. Prophecy, right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I feel like there's like a you know there was a prophecy and blah blah blah, and I feel like it might have something to do with that. And we know what happened with Sinclair and that whole time travel thing. Yeah, because he because he was time traveling. You got to have more than that. Well, I think Dylan's oh gonna have Sinclair's baby or Sheridan's baby. Sorry. Oh, it could be either, baby. really. <laughs> huh? It could be either, really. Really, they'll have to have a a paternity test. (laughs) Maybe she'll be like time travel, (laughs) immaculate conception, and then she'll be like the start the the religious figure for a new line of beings, human Uh Mambari (laughs) hybrid things. (sighs) And then half of them will want to kill it, and probably more than half. (laughs) And then others will worship it, and they'll have a triangle on his forehead. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. which which I wasn't here for the last one but I was so like I was happy with the whole finally figuring out with the triangle with the three casts or classes the warrior yeah. the worker and the I mean I don't know maybe I, yeah maybe warrior they, worker religious casts yeah yeah so I figured that's a triangle I don't know yeah. that makes a lot of sense yes it does hadn't considered it, but thank you, Malika, for pointing that I out. don't know if it's right. <laughs> I just it sounds right to me. All like right, let's, let's yeah. go with that for now. Yeah, I'm going with it. Until I'm proved, proven completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
hey, uh, I've uh, I've heard you and uh, been with you on investigating Mars. And usually when you come up with a theory, it's right. So, yeah, <laughs> this is true. Um, it might only be for investigating Mars. <laughs> um, but we'll see. So I'm excited um, about Kosh, like, like training Sheridan or teaching Sheridan things. Yeah. I really hope like, that we are we gonna have like, a montage like Sheridan oh, Mr. Miyagi? Yes. <laughs> really hope so. Wax on, wax on. <laughs> He's gonna make him scrub his ship. Oh, and it would just be like it would just be like the karate kid because he would get so annoyed at all his cryptic, like, you know, like why can't you just tell me? Yes. Oh, you must wax. Hate <laughs> <laughs> <Eat> the fence. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I I, I will say that I don't. I'm I'm kind of sad, like about the whole. Like, I just remember when Londo was like funny and happy and whatever. And I just feel like I don't know that scene with Garibaldi, the last, what kind of made me think that that he might no longer be that character. Yes, I uh, said in the last episode, which none of you got to hear, that um, <laughs> I just felt so sorry for everyone at the end mm-hmm. of the last episode because it was like, okay, I feel sorry for Jakar and I feel sorry for Londo because I loved Londo when he was just happy-go-lucky and funny and now it's just sad and he put himself in this stupid position but I still feel bad for him. Because he's still a sympathetic character so I'm just really kind of curious because I do feel like in some way we'll see that that um, dream sequence work at self out, but I have a feeling that it probably won't be just as you know clear cut mm-hmm. as that because TV shows are never like that. So I don't know. And processes usually don't end up being what you think they are. Exactly. All right. Well, Malika, thanks for joining us once again. We love having you on the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on. Definitely. And tell us. I'm oh, sorry. So I was just going to say, we always enjoy your voice in the commentary. So don't forget to <laughs> yeah. do yeah. some more of those. I yeah, would hopefully love we'll do another fun. one before the end of the year. It's funny because actually coming up to this episode, I actually forgot that I had to watch the episode. <laughs> 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 you were just like, going to show up last night. I'm like, oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us where we can find you out there in internet land. Oh, I'm here or there. I'm not on any um, regular podcasts yet, and like, yeah. uh, but I guessed on a bunch of them. Well, I guess we have a semi-regular one. We're continuing investigating Mars with the book. In fact, we're recording pretty soon. Um, and then we just, um, like, we do kind of like a monthly catch-up and what have you. So that's probably my most regular one. But, um, yeah, you'll probably hear me here and there. Very cool. Cool. Well, that's all we have this week, folks. Hopefully this episode will be heard. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back next time for There All the Honor Lies. Until next time, goodbye. Be Bye. Bye. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, can always go downtown when you've got worries all the noise and the hurry seems to help i know downtown just listen to the music of the traffic in the city linger on the sidewalk where the neon signs are pretty how can you lose the lights so much
Your problems surround you. There are movie shows downtown. Maybe you know some little places to go to where they never close downtown. Just listen to the rhythm of a gentle bossa nova. You'll be dancing with them too before the night is over. Happy again. The lights so much brighter there. You can't forget all your troubles, forget all your cares. So go downtown, where all the lights are bright. Downtown, waiting for you tonight. Downtown, you're gonna be alright now. Downtown, For us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio, also downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast. 